Hello and welcome to Media MD, your weekly dose of media that you have somehow missed. I'm Ruben Morehouse. And I'm Elliot Daybold. Welcome, Elliot. Welcome to a very special episode of Media MD. Um, we won't be prescribing a piece of media this week. Instead, we'll be talking about Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man, yeah. I was trying to soften the blow. Um, so we'll be back to our regular prescription schedule next week. But for this week, we're going to be taking a look at the three different Spider-Man incarnations and having a little bit of a contest to see which one we think is better. Yeah. So we're just going to present some arguments for our respective Spider-Man. And then uh, I guess we'll do a vote at the end. Yeah, well, that's what we used yeah. to do with the showdown episodes was um, put up a poll and then yeah, talk and about it the next, next week. week. Yeah, But don't worry, I'm uh, two for two, I think, in our showdown. So Yeah, well, because you've been running the polls, so they're, they're probably rigged. Um, look, no comment. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll be talking about Spider-Men, different incarnations of Spider-Men and which Spider-Men were the best Spider-Men. Um, specifically, yeah. you'll be taking the, the part of... Uh, arguing for the Sam Raimi, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man movies. Yep. Um, we have a special guest who will be joining us to talk about the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies. It was hard to find someone who liked him, but we did. And I'll be talking about uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, the MCU Spider-Man, and, and why I think that's the, the Spider-Man-liest of them all. Yeah. And I, I think this one will be interesting because I went back and looked at the other showdowns we did, which was the, the two Avatar series yep. and yep. Um, the Dan Harmon showdown we did. Yep. And I think these this one will probably be interesting because these are probably the most similar things mm. that we've done a showdown between. So mm, ho- hopefully it won't get too sort of petty, the, the differences that we're arguing. <laughs> well, look, let's just set some ground rules here. Um, yeah. Willem Dafoe and J.K. Simmons are perfectly cast, but I don't think that should that should count too much in your favour. No, well, the same thing about Tom Holland. Um, but anyway. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. That's a fair trade. All right. Um, yeah. Anyway, well, I guess I guess we should just get into it. Uh, do you want to do you want to kick things off since you've got the yeah the most recent I've got the Spider-Man. more recent Spider Man? Um, I want to talk about the emotional beats in Homecoming because I I really do think that Spider Man Home. Um, well, okay, wait. Before we get into this, obviously, I yeah. like the Sam Raimi Spider Man movies. I grew up on them; they're great. They made they instilled in me a love of Spider Man that carries me through to this day. But I I do think that. Uh, the Spider-Man Homecoming is able to really expertly hit a number of interesting emotional beats. Um, yeah, actually, sorry, I, I, I just uh, sorry to interrupt, but I mm. I just thought of one sort of interesting point, which I, I wonder if this will come into it, because as you said, you sort of loved Spider-Man as a hero and stuff, but because you've you've engaged in Spider-Man comics and and yep. TV shows, Spider-Man so. comics. Uh, sp- we talked about Spectacular Spider-Man on this very show. Yeah. Um, which is, I think, my favourite piece of Spider-Man media. Um, but yeah, I'm a Spider fan, you know. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm just, I'm just thinking because my, like, not not just Spider-Man, but probably Marvel and, and DC as a whole. My mm. entire experience is based on the movies and, and a couple yeah. of TV shows. So yeah. I wonder if that'll come into into play here because because if you if you sort of love Spider-Man beyond just what's shown in the movies, you know, there's there's probably yeah, some I mean, some expectations you're bringing along with that. Uh, there are some, and I, I do think that plays into it a bit. I, I haven't read that many Spider-Man comics. Um, sure. But I really just love the Spider-Man kind of mythos more than anything. Um, sure. Like, there are characters who I don't think have appeared in any movie or, or TV show, not, none of the big ones. Um, characters like Craven the Hunter and uh, all kinds of weird and wonderful Spider-Man villains. Mysterio is another one that I love. 
who are all great, compelling villains, but really haven't got their time in the in the limelight on the main <laughs> kind of Spider-Man stage. Um, and and I I don't think I mean I've read comics that have these characters in them lightly, but just kind of the idea of of Spider-Man, I think, really is he's the iconic superhero to me, right? Yeah, sure. I I think that's probably true for anyone around our age because the Spider-Man movies were so big when we were kids. Yeah, he, yeah. He shot up to such prominence. Yeah, I mean, geez, that that first uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie basically made Spider-Man into a household name, right? Um, yeah, yeah. To the extent that we had those three movies, the two Andrew Garfield movies <laughs> and Homecoming now, all off the back of the success of yeah, that one in movie. A, in a span of 15 years, they, yeah. regardless of what was going on behind the scenes, they still managed to pump out Spider-Man yeah, films. Despite, like, crazy IP, like law which is what is what has turned fucking the hulk and fantastic four and and even like x-men to an extent into such messes (laughs) um and yet spider-man has kind of risen above it in a lot of ways but at the same time he's he's almost the symbol of it because they keep rebooting him so so close but yeah anyway yeah um getting sidetracked here (laughs) anyway i love spider-man he's great um so I, I, I think Spider-Man Homecoming, to jump back to the point I was trying to yeah. make before I was interrupted, Sorry. was uh, I, I think it really hits a number of emotional beats very well. Um, the, the one that I really want to talk about, uh, which kind of exemplifies this for me, is, is the twist when you find out that the vulture is Liz Allen's dad, which is a yeah. great twist. And then it leads to one of the most kind of intense... Non, non-chase-based car scenes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a scene of two characters sitting in a car, or three characters sitting in a car. But it's it's I think probably one of the most intense scenes that there has been in the entire MCU canon. Um, yeah, and it's just this guy figuring out that his daughter is dating a superhero, <laughs> and it's so intense and it's so well shot and it's uh, the the thing that always gets kind of pointed out is the the traffic light changing from red to green when the vulture kind of clicks that that uh Peter is Spider-Man. Yeah. Um and and that's an example of an intense scene, but then there's uh there's the part uh, a bit later where Peter is is trapped in the collapsed building and he has to escape and it's it's very like classic Spider-Man kind of using his willpower and drive to help people to overcome adversity. Um there's the there's the parts where he uh, fights the vulture and then the vulture is going to die and he saves him. Um, and there's like comedic bits like the fucking the shitty news crew at the school and, and the <laughs> Captain America's PSA videos and stuff. I, I think this movie does a very competent job of hitting the emotional targets that it sets for itself. And I think that's why one of the main reasons why I like it as a movie so much. Yeah. Okay. Um. I mean, that makes sense. But I, I think, I think the Raimi films achieve something pretty similar. Um, I, mm. I, they probably don't hit the serious stuff anywhere near as hard, um, I'd say, mm. but they, I think they do a pretty good job because obviously they get to tell that, you know, that Spider-Man origin story that we're all very familiar with because yeah. of the because Raimi of films. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they um, tell it the iconic way. Yeah, and, and I mean, especially like in the, in the sequel, um, <clears throat> there's a bit where he confesses to aunt may that like he wasn't mm. at the library and he let that yeah. robber go who who shot uncle ben um and those bits get like pretty pretty involved um yeah because that's like pretty intense emotion but 
um it definitely doesn't focus on that stuff as much as i think homecoming tried and succeeded to mm. well i i would point to the one there's this one very compelling scene in i think spider-man 2 the sem- the second one um the scene where he stops the train right which yeah. i think is a very iconic scene because of how well made it is um yeah like <laughs> you, actually wait like, quick, see... quick side note i i re-watched these these films like in preparation mm. for this um except for spider-man 3 for some reason i wasn't able to find time to fit that one in <laughs> um but uh sand, yeah i was yeah, surprised sure. with how well the the cgi has held up in those films um yeah. considering they're from like 2002 and 2004 um so like just a little side note but like i was impressed with how like mm. how well how, how minimalistic the site the cgi was to actually make it last yeah yeah no i i think that was the right choice especially yeah. with something like doc ock who you could see <laughs> that being cgi that goes so badly <laughs> yeah um yeah no i i do think that the sam raimi films sometimes hit similar beats um the the kind of arc at the end of part of the first movie where uh uh fucking norman osborne accidentally kills himself with his glider and then uh james franco's like swears vengeance against spider-man because of it like that, that's that's yeah. compelling stuff but i i i don't know i i don't think that it i don't think it manages to hit the same highs that that homecoming did yeah sure fair enough um mm. i i'd agree on the serious the serious uh emotional aspects of that i think it humor wise i i might argue the the Raimi films have it beat. Well, there is that. I mean, the classic scene. <laughs> <laughs> well, One of the no, funniest I, scenes. In, I didn't in watch that film, cinema. so I don't think we can talk about it. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so I guess my my first point in in argument for the Raimi films is, is kind of related to that, I guess. Um, I, I would argue that the Raimi films mm. uh, managed to come up with better and, and sort of more memorable characters outside of spider-man mm. so i think like if, if i think to homecoming which which i i last saw a few months ago um it's yeah. got like uh the like obviously the vulture the bad guy and then peter uh spider-man and tony iron man yeah i can't for the life of me remember the names of any of the other characters i think you said the girl's name is liz <laughs> Did, did, did you say that? Yeah. yeah. Um, I can't remember what his comedy sidekick um, programmer friend's name is. Ned. Ned, yeah. yeah. Whereas, uh, like, um, you know, obviously Mary Jane um, in the Raimi films is, is iconic. James Franco's um, yeah. Harry Osborn is great. And then yeah. J.K. Simmons, you know, the all those other sorts of characters that are just, they really stand out. You've, and you've got, you know, Bonesaw, the, everyone's favourite superhero character named Bonesaw, the, the wrestler what? in the first movie. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot that's what it was called. <laughs> um, you know what I think? I, 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 I think I would argue against this, but I have to concede that I think the Raimi films have more, have stronger, like, like soap opera style characters. Like the villains in the Raimi films are so great at, at their over-the-top kind of villainousness. Yeah. And, and I mean, also, you know, they all are intimately familiar with Peter outside of the mm. Spider-Man villain thing. Like, you know, Doc Ock was, was a guy he was talking to regularly beforehand anyway. And, yeah, and, and it was like his best friend. friend's dad. Yeah. Like, I, I, But I guess Homecoming did that too, actually. Like, you know, Volta ended up being his girlfriend's dad. So Yeah, I, I, I don't think it did it to the same no. extent. I, I love um, Michael Keaton as the Vulture. I think he does a fucking fantastic job. But he's very 
he's like grounded and realistic, which is different for a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. But <laughs> it's uh, it, it's the Raimi villains do hit such a good height of fucking bonkers. Well, they're very they're very comic book villain. Yeah, totally. Yeah, very very sort of over the top. Yeah. <laughs> like a guy whose mind is being controlled by mechanical arms stuck into his back or someone who dresses up in a fucking Halloween store <laughs> costume and throws bombs at people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and they even make fun of that. Like in the in the second film, I think there's a line where J.K. Simmons' character is like, a guy named Otto Octavius has eight limbs now. Like, what are the chances? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a comic book, you know? It, yeah. it embraces its origins. Yeah. Um, but the thing I, I like about the characters in Homecoming as opposed to, as opposed to, um, to the Raimi films is I... I think that they have better... I, I agree that they're probably not as strong characters on their own, but I think they work better as, like, supporting cast for Peter. Like, Sure. Iron Man in this movie is such an interesting dynamic because he's, he's like, obviously he's a father figure to, to, to Peter, hmm. right? Um, yep. And it, it leads to these moments of Peter having someone to disappoint, which is a very interesting dynamic. Yeah. There's that scene after Peter's kind of fucked up the the um, whatever it is the the cruise ship. It's not a cruise ship. It's like a fucking ferry. Yeah. Um, and the thing I after rewatching it, the thing I liked about it in comparison to the Sam Raimi films is fucking uh, Tobey Maguire's Spider Man is so fucking mopey <laughs> like every time he fucks up, he just mopes around because he he doesn't have someone that he's like. He doesn't have people to disappoint. He has the abstract concept of Uncle Ben, who's not around. Yeah. And so it's just kind of him moping about how he feels like he would be letting down Uncle Ben. But uh, apart from Mary Jane, who he, again, lets down many times, (laughs) um, he doesn't have... It feels a lot like he doesn't have anyone to to kind of inspire him. Um, Yeah, sure. Especially in the Raimi films. I mean, I, I guess an important distinction for that is like, there's no other superheroes mentioned in the film, yeah. whereas, yeah, um, so, you know, there's no other sort of superhero for him to look up to, but they could have easily slotted someone else into that role. Yeah, and and when Spider-Man is, like, the neighbourhood hero, it, it just makes so much sense to him to to have this dynamic of playing in the small leagues. Like, yeah, I don't know, it, it just fits his character so well. And, and that's one example of a good supporting character. Um, I think the, the Aunt May is in these... In these series is a very different <laughs> yeah <laughs> very very different characters but um even the school setting having like kind of heightened ridiculousness of of his friend ned and and the fucking mathletics tournament that leads them to go travel to another place and, and it, it it i think the supporting characters aren't strong on their own but they they support peter and they let him kind of demonstrate his character really well in homecoming sure that was just uh, that was my second point that I just thought it would work to segue into there. <laughs> okay, uh, wait. So now it's my turn to do my second point. Your turn. Your turn. Yeah. Hit me. Okay. Um. So the next thing I'd sort of bring up is I think the Raimi films sort of stand out more and have their own identity, whereas um, Homecoming mm. Homecoming does slot very easily into not just the MCU but um like a good quality modern yeah. action movie action movie. As a whole. Um, yeah especially visually like the Raimi films um just sort of I mean even now when you go back and watch them there's just a, a sort of visualness to them like uh Spider-Man's mm-hmm. the, the red and blue of his suit so strong and then 
they do the same thing with with Kirsten Dunst's Mary Jane. She's got like such red hair, and then like she must have been wearing contacts or something because no one's eyes are that blue. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, there's just a real vibrancy and, and uniqueness, like all those weird sorts of characters, like J.K. Simmons and uh, and yeah. Bone Saw from the first one. It, it really gives the movie this unique uh, identity and sort of, and it has this yeah this odd odd quirkiness about it that really makes it stand out yeah. all those years later. Yeah, it it does very much feel like a comic book that has come to life, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, no, I can't I can't argue with that. Like the visual style of those movies is impeccable. It's they're they're very good translations. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's like man, it's so weird thinking about <laughs> cuz it's I mean, we've kind of hit this point already, but Spider-Man Homecoming is it it feels kind of real, but it doesn't feel as much like a fucking bonkers comic book as the Raimi movies do. Like, the Raimi movies lean into their weirdness so much, even in these weird side interactions. Like, um, there's uh, Bruce Campbell's cameo as the Usher, I think in the second movie, yeah. um, where where Toby Maguire's getting to a, one of Mary Jane's plays, but he's late, and this Usher is just a total dick to him for no reason, <laughs> in a way that's so ridiculous but it fits this ridiculous universe so well yeah Mm. man those are great movies i love them (laughs) (laughs) no i feel the same way about homecoming you know what um here's what i have to say though like this is i'm segueing onto my next point here because i i i can't i don't have a compelling argument to argue against what you just said sure especially in that first movie like okay so Peter Parker is a smart character, right? He's a smart he's a smart dude. Yeah. And he's he's heroic. He's he's like good-hearted. But he he constantly as a character in both of these both of these series makes bad decisions, right? Like Yeah. He just constantly I don't know what it is. Just he just does the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> um and this might be a weird point, but I I find it so much easier to like like Peter Parker as a character, despite his fuck ups, when he's fucking up because he's like a high school aged kid, than when he's like <laughs> mid twenties and he's just doing stupid well, shit. Okay, so to be fair, in Spider Man One, you are meant to believe that Tobey Maguire's in high school. I'm not well, saying that no, anyone did, that but I'm saying I'm... <laughs> saying that you're meant to. Wasn't he in college? He There's is in no the second one, but it, no, in the first one, he's in high school. Um, no, he's not. He Elliot. is. Yeah, I know. I, I watched it like less than a week ago. I can assure that you. Can't be true. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! What? Um, so that's probably I, a whole separate. I seriously issue, but... did not remember that. I thought he was like, I thought he was in college in the first one, and then the second and third one, he's like, I don't know, just fucking working for the newspaper or something. No, the the second one, he's at college. Um, I, Jesus I th- and I think the third one, he's he's just sort of out of college. Oh, yeah, because there's a scene where he, like, spills his lunch tray and has to catch all the fucking yep. things on his lunch tray. Yeah. Man. And it's a school I, It's a school field trip to the Spider Museum, I guess? <laughs> like, I, I, I don't really... Yeah. It's, I was looking it up, and it's a super spider. It's a genetically engineered super spider, which is, yeah. I guess, a thing. <laughs> well, I mean, let's, like, that's... Because I think the original Spider-Man thing from the comics was it was a radioactive spider, and I don't see why that makes any yeah, more sense. Yeah. No, it doesn't. And and then in the fucking Andrew Garfield movies, it was like some, oh fuck, it was it was a, an even worse fucking adaptation of the 
I don't remember and I'm not inclined to look it up. Yeah, look, <laughs> let's not talk about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe I don't know if that supports my point or refutes it, but God, he's so... He's, it's just annoying watching Peter do such stupid shit in the Raimi movies. <laughs> he, he really feels like he's, I don't know, like, obviously he's a heroic character in a lot of ways, but he really just does dumb shit. Yeah. No, I, I thought one of the bigger differences was, I, I, it, and you've sort of touched on this, but like in Homecoming, when Peter fucks up, he, he ends up talking to someone about it, whereas... Mm. He, yeah, that's not what he's doing in the Raimi films. He he just internalizes it and sort of waits until uh, another like plot point comes up that's related and makes him have the revelation yeah. himself. Yeah, um, or like he'll fuck up and then MJ will be like, man, I'm so disappointed in you. He'll just be like, oh, no. Yeah. And then <laughs> nothing ever happens from it beyond that. Yeah. Uh, or he'll get fucking fired from his pizza delivery job. And then he's just like, oh, give me another chance. And then he can't pay rent. And he's like, oh, give me another chance. Yep. But he never really, like, does anything. No, he, he does sort of try to in, in Spider-Man 2. It's weird because that's sort of the the arc for the first three quarters of the movie is he's really struggling to juggle, like, college work and Spider-Man. Yep. And then he drops Spider-Man yep. and, and is suddenly able to carry the other two really well. And then the end of the movie sort of... <laughs> comes with him taking spider-man back but never addresses whether he's fixed the problems that were (laughs) causing this whole issue in the first except that the difference is that now he has mj but like that's just another responsibility like now he has a girlfriend like that's that's another thing it just kind of seems to indicate that he was just being shit in the first half of the movie like (laughs) he didn't actually have not enough time to do these things he was just being a piece of shit (laughs) Uh, yeah okay well so so to go to my third point, um, mm. which I, I guess you know we we've sort of talked around this already, but um, the Raimi films have less baggage, I guess. Um, mm. They're they're just their own thing. Like it's mm. you know this is Green Goblin. He's a guy who flies around on a glider and throws bombs at people, but it's yep. okay because he's going to be stopped by a guy that got bit by a spider. Um, whereas, whereas Homecoming is sort of trying to fit itself into the MCU while also on a more meta level addressing the whole fact that they, they want to skip the origin story because everyone's so bloody sick of it. (laughs) Um, so it, it sort of, it, it, it's sort of coming into it from a much different spot, whereas the Raimi films just got to really do what they wanted. Um, Mm. yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess that kind of lends to a, a more creative freedom kind of expression, yeah, well, it just makes them more their own their own thing. Whereas I feel like Homecoming mm. lent on the fact that they could bring in Tony Stark to create that dynamic more because they yeah. needed to do something different to what had already been done like five times in the past fifteen years. That's interesting, but I don't know if I would. I don't know if I can really call that a negative rather than just a product of, <laughs> of the, the the background because I don't think it. I don't think it makes the Raimi films. Well, maybe it helps them be be more kind of creatively uh, led by Sam Raimi, but I don't know if it if it builds them up that much or detracts from Homecoming. In fact, I think Iron Man's role in in Spider Man Homecoming is great. Like it's it's a great natural extension for the character, you know, and it helps kind of. Well, maybe if you haven't seen the Iron Man movies, it 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 hurts it. Um, <laughs> but putting it as part of the MCU lets Iron Man be in it and and build on it yeah i remember this is this is a really weird tangent i think but um Hmm. 
I remember as a kid uh, for my PlayStation getting like a bonus or like a demo disc from Sony and I had a Spider- <laughs> this is a weird tangent. It had a Spider-Man game on it and yeah. like my only experience with Spider-Man at that point in my life was the first film and so I was like, oh, I love that movie. I'm sure. going to put this in. Like I actually thought it was a video game based on the movie and I got really, really mad because in the opening level of the Spider-Man video game, the X-Men were in it <laughs> and it, like I, I didn't know about Marvel or anything at this point. So I thought it yeah. was like really weird because X-Men was, I think, really the only other superhero movie that was out at that time. And I was like, why have they like, put the X-Men in there? This is just such weird and it doesn't make sense and, and I hate it. <laughs> and so I never played it again. Um, nice scathing reviews so <laughs> really this is a showdown between <laughs> the Raimi spider-man films homecoming and that one game yeah that is presumably entitled <laughs> spider-man but I, I don't even know <sighs> all right look i i you've made some good points here elliot but i still have to think that homecoming just it's just so like Peter Parker in Homecoming is just so great. He's just so fucking perfect. Like the MCU, Tom Holland as Spider-Man. And I know we said we wouldn't bring this yeah. up. But not Tom Holland as Spider-Man, but this incarnation of Spider-Man is just so perfect. Like he just, you just fucking feel for him, you know? Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. Like I, I think I, I think I would probably argue that I enjoy Tom Holland as Spider-Man more than Tobey Maguire. But I think about how, mm. how well known the Tobey Maguire films sort of are now even 15 years yeah. later. And I, I don't believe that in 15 years, um, Spider-Man Homecoming is going to be remembered as prominently. All right. Well, we will just have to let the audience decide who has yeah. won this showdown. So if you want to vote on which of us you think argued better, is that how it works? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Or, or I guess, I mean, let's be honest, people are just going to put which one they would have voted for probably without even listening to us. So just, just yeah. do that. Just do that. Just pick which one you, you liked more, you know? And I think when when you're doing that, when you're doing that, I want you to picture mm. a scenario. Imagine you, audience member, mm. are approached mm. by Sony and they sort of come up to you and they say, hey, for some reason we've decided that you have to make a big decision for Spider-Man Homecoming 2. So, we can uh-oh. either have J.K. Simmons back as the newspaper <laughs> guy or, or we can stay in the MCU. And I think oh. you know which one you'd pick. That's a hard choice. I've been watching too much Good Wife, Elliot, because all I want to say right now is objection because you're fucking <laughs> leading the witness. Um, or calls for speculation. <laughs> um, oh, man. Fuck. Anyway, yeah, just ignore what Elliot said. Just uh, just pick which one you ever liked more, you know? Um, we'll put links to uh, to that to that poll in the show notes down below. Yeah. And also in those show notes, you will find a link to our website, which will uh, have other links to it. You can follow this kind of chain of hyperlinks through the internet um, <laughs> to find our Twitter and Facebook where you can interact with the show, or you can uh, leave your comments on our episodes on our discussion threads, which are also found on the website. Our website has great things like that, links to discussion threads, ways to contact us, as well as all of the previous clues for the media MDARG. You can help us figure out just who is Dr. MD and why is his neighbourhood hero such a menace. Elliot, what's this week's clue? Uh, origami. Origami. And we will see you next week.